Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 101 of Season 5 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee ki our way through the 1990 Bruce Willis action film Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today is Travis Bow of the Watchmen Minute and the very recent, possibly uh, actually working today, <laughs> the, uh, the Minute of Thieves podcast or did i get together right yeah that's correct right. Yeah, so well, yeah welcome back travis thank always you. fun having you on thank you for having me yeah well you know and and you know i, I get my my uh my my art from you also so that well, works too <laughs> i don't have you on only for that <laughs> you know i do enjoy i do enjoy talking to you well, like but I, I i love your art and uh you know i'm, I'm glad that that i get to use it so that's the way it works so minute 101 begins with John responding to Vito and ends with Holly asking for some divine intervention. We ended things on Friday with, uh, I mean, it was, it was last week was a crazy week with, with everything that went on. The, the week actually revealed some of the, 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 the twists in the movie. Uh, also, we, we got to see some of the craziness of the movie. You know, John should be yeah. dead now because anyway. Anyone who opens fire on a policeman in a police station, the odds are someone's going to yeah. shoot you, like we've seen in the Terminator. You know, I mean, the Terminator took out, I think, like 17 policemen, if I right. remember correctly. <laughs> you know, if you're shooting blanks, yeah, you're still going to probably get mm -hmm. shot. I, I, I think I mentioned it last week. I think there were like eight eight cops yeah. that drew their weapons. So I don't, I don't know if that's like they have good discipline or they're just idiots, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, could be either. John way. has that. Uh, John was wearing plot armor in those minutes. So yes. Hey, well, pl plot armor works, especially mm -hmm. in the Die verse, you know. And it it makes sense. And so you know, John became friends again with Lorenzo, and Lorenzo sh started showing how great of a uh, uh, he, he he started showing that that he actually can mm -hmm. be a leader. Yeah. You know, at the end on Friday, and then they get in the car, and then he introduces him <laughs> to his brother, and it turns out it's Vito, the the guy who John met at the beginning. Uh, he was in the first week, you know, where where he actually gave John a ticket for, or sorry, he didn't give him a ticket; he yeah. towed his car. And then you know, John met him a little bit later on. That's uh, Robert uh, Cast uh, yeah, Costanza. Costanzo. I think that that. Stanzo. This minute actually begins with John looking at him after Vito says to him, Merry Christmas. John looks at him and you can see that he's like, oh, I can't believe that this is what I'm yeah. going through again. <laughs> you know, so, so John acknowledges Vito with, with a, you know, it says hi and gives him like a, a slight uh, Bruce Willis mm -hmm. smirk along the way. I mean, like, I can't believe this crap. <laughs> You know that type of thing. It's it's things <laughs> like this keep happening to John. Like he's he finds himself in another Christmas terrorist situation, and now he finds himself back with this uh, jerk cop. Yeah. Well, I I don't know if we can call Vito a jerk well. cop at this point because now now we don't know. No, let's put it this way. You know, in the first scene, John was wrong. <laughs> There's no question about that. You don't leave your car out on the curb, you know, and run into yeah. the airport a long, like a few hours before your <laughs> your your wife's right. plane is supposed to land, 
and then run back and expect them not to have yeah. towed your car from a not from from a no parking zone. Okay, that that's the first of all. I mean, again, I'm not 100% trying to defend Vito here, but you know, John. I mean, it, it's a great plot yeah. device to 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 do this. To have him meet him at the beginning. You know, like you have you have uh, you know Chekhov's <laughs> gun and Chekhov's uh, all these different things. So here we have Chekhov's mm-hmm. veto. You know. <laughs> You know, the guy that we never thought would be back, and now he's back. And John has to be friendly with him. You know, and then we, we see a shot via the windshield as the car starts to drive away. And then the police car just smashes into this taxi, mm-hmm. uh, you know, th- that basically cuts him off. Now, again, I it's really hard to tell here who's at fault, because I think they both are. I mean, obviously, well, actually, we'll just blame Thornburg. You know, <laughs> the one person sure. who's causing all the all the all the Why trouble not? here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of of course, John doesn't know that, but that yeah. that or and probably Lorenzo doesn't either. But you know, and then Lorenzo screams out, <laughs> and God damn it, the hell, move that piece of <laughs> shit. And then <laughs> the the cab driver screams back, "What's the matter yeah. with you?" And then then you hear him say, "I didn't even see you, man." <laughs> And then Lorenzo starts screaming at him again, will you move that goddamn piece of shit out of here? And then he, he, he looks over into the car and goes, Vito, get the fuck out of the car and get your ass in gear and help me for Christ's sake. <laughs> will you get move that car back right now, lady? Yeah, this this just starts off with so, uh, Dennis Franz just, just screaming. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We we thought he was amicable, you know, from the end of last week, and here he just yeah. goes off on a tirade, just starts yelling at this cabbie, you know. And, and I I mean I find it funny the way the cabbies are responding. I didn't even see you. What do you mean I didn't see you? You didn't know, see the flashing lights or there are tons of. That's right. <laughs> I'm looking. No, there was no flashing lights. Wide Where shot a couple of seconds lights? later. There's like 16 cop cars, you know. So this cabbie should have been That's aware right. that, uh, you know drives yeah but well you do have the fake yeah. snow you have the fake fake snow all around so you know i mean you, you know about that that when they made this movie that every place that they went to go film were places that you normally would have tons of snow and they couldn't they couldn't get really. a break there was no I real could... snow they, they they filmed near near seattle yeah. near denver in in the the up of michigan no yeah. snow whatsoever uh during this during the winter wow. of 1990 i could Whenever I they were tell filming. throughout the movie that there was a lot of fake snow. I didn't know, you know, I didn't yes. know what time of year they were filming this, or I knew about some of the locations. Um, right. They filmed, I think, between November uh, 89 and, and oh, May 90. Yeah. And then the movie came out, uh, you know, July 4th uh, yeah. uh, week, because July 4th that year was, I think, a Wednesday. And the reason I remember that is because I, I went to a special screening of it on Tuesday night. On the third, huh. and then I saw it again at the first showing on the fourth. You know, it's one of nice. one of two movies that I've seen back to back in the theater. You know, night and then the following mm-hmm. day. The other one was Jurassic Park uh, when that came out a few years later. Nice. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, it was very cool seeing seeing this uh, twice in a row. Which is which is why I have a soft spot for this yeah. installment of Die Hard. It's hard to say which is my favorite of the, of of the yeah. trilogy, but. You know, this one still has a soft spot for me because it was it was the 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 first one I saw in the theater. The the original Die Hard I never saw in the theater, so this is the first one that I saw in the theater. And again, I had the the the, the one two punch of seeing it right. you know, day after day. 
Yeah, that's a bit. What's what's your history with this? Do you, do you um, remember? This one would have just been whenever I was allowed to watch it at home on VHS. Um, and I had seen the first one. You know, that one was, you know, despite the rating, I was allowed to watch this one. Uh, with the first Die Hard, you know, we watched it fairly often. Um, this one we just never really watched. You know more than a couple times. Like I've probably only seen this less than a handful of times um, and haven't watched this in easily 20, 25 years. Um, it was just kind of, yeah, yeah. Really? Just, Until you just rewatched it now, you hadn't easily. seen it in 25 years? Did, did you remember I everything remember that happened? You know, did you like remember some of the twists? Um, I wasn't surprised by the twists, um, but I couldn't remember like, other than the actors being in it, I couldn't remember what the villains, you know, what, what he was after, what he was trying to do. So all the stuff with the general was, was felt, you know, like I didn't know where some of that was going. Um, I, but I remembered William Sadler pretty well and his character and what he was kind of up to. Um, I didn't really remember John Amos being in it. So he was kind of a surprise to see. And then it was like, Oh, okay. Now I remember, him and his team and what you know that that twist um well you okay. can talk about the twist because yeah, it, it yeah. happened last week so you know and and this week we we'll talk about it okay. a lot also um you know we sort of you know the, the cat is yeah. out of the bag even though this is this is something with spoilers sure. anyway you know we assume that whoever's listening to this 33 yeah. years after the movie came out you know has you know that they've probably seen it and then they know what type yeah. of twist um, but I realized watching yeah. this that it falls into the the same formula that I have with uh, Back to the Future and Indiana Jones, where I love the first one. The first one is a great movie. The second one, I'm, you know, I enjoy it, but I don't care for it as much. And the third is my favorite. So Die Hard, the Die oh, Hard wow. trilogy falls into that same uh, formula as those other two franchises. Um, okay. Have you seen a diary with Avengers? Did you see that? In the no, theater? that would have been a home. Yeah. Uh, that I was, was probably, what theater. was that? 94, okay. 96, 95, 95, 95. So, no, it was 95. So was 95. 12, you know, um, but I saw it as soon as, okay. we could, hey, as soon as we could rent it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, we, we we all can look back and say that there are movies that our parents probably shouldn't yeah. let us see when when we were younger. I mean, I still remember that I saw The Breakfast Club mm. when I was 11. Okay. And I and I think to myself, I would not show my 11 year old daughter sure. The Breakfast Club. You know, it's like or or I mean, I, I have trouble thinking about letting my 16 year old son see The Breakfast <laughs> yeah. Club. You know, there it, there there are a lot of you no, know, there's a lot of things going on there that. I don't really know, but you know, like my my parents apparently just didn't didn't really care. They didn't they didn't yeah. look into it as much. I guess I don't know. I I'm grateful for that because you know I got to see all these great movies. <laughs> I mean, I I saw Police Academy in 1984 okay. when I was 10 in the theater. Also, you know, and that that's a movie that right. also has nudity. So I don't know. Don't, I don't know what what was wrong <laughs> with my parents, but again, you know, yeah. how can I yeah. how can I complain? Um, I kind of went down a little uh, deep dive um, in this minute. There was something that stood out, something that stood out to me that I wanted to look into. Um, It was like 
seeing the uh, seeing John and Vito and Carmine is that yes Carmine Lorenzo okay mm-hmm. okay um, seeing the three of them crammed into that front seat of the car I got to thinking about uh, bench seats and like when did bench seats die out in in passenger cars and uh, turns out it, it, they lasted a lot longer than I remember um, Chrysler did away with them in 2004. Uh, Ford held out until 2011, and Chevy announced in late 2012 that the 2013 Chevy Impala would be their last passenger car with an optional bench seat. Wow! Uh, you could get the uh, bench seat, you know, for for $200. You could you could you know get that added on. Can you still do it today, in, or that you can't do that anymore? No, no, no. no. In that 2013 model, right. you could get one. Right. Um, it looks like in some trucks and SUVs, you can still get a bench seat. Um, and typically they are, I guess, what's called like a 40-20-40, where that middle typically will fold forward and become, you know, a console of its own kind of. Uh, oh, wow. When it's not in use, it'll have cup holders and that sort of thing. Um but I watched a, uh, a video from a CNBC called what, Hap- what Happened to Front Bench Seats in Cars. And it briefly goes through like the history of the bench seat and why they even, you know, were a thing to begin with. And it was like, you know, back then cars were, you know, for the family. You know, you typically, you know, you had one car and, and you needed that extra space for another kid. Yeah, you know, you cram everyone in there, you take them for vacations and road trips, and then as time went by and, and people traveled more for work or they would eventually just, you know, every adult had their own car, so the car became, a you know, a personal thing, and you wanted all your stuff around you, so that's why the bench seats started to give way to, to you know, the bucket seats and then having a console kind of around you where you could put your your drink holders, put papers in a little compartment, you know, whatever. Um, and then eventually, like, you know, as as time went on, you know, even like having a transmission in a car, you know, manual transmissions are going away, um, are almost all completely gone away. Right. And so you don't need that, that center console kind of shifting area you can have your shift you know my truck has a shift knob on the dash i just turn it to whatever gear i want to be in and you know so with with electric shifting and and things like that we're going now we're almost more able to um go back to a bench seat because we don't need all that stuff right it's true and i guess i guess some uh you just have your kid hold 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 a cup of coffee (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, some uh, concept cars are starting to come back with uh, with bench designs because they are, uh, especially with like electric cars where you don't even need uh, to save all that space for the transmission. It uh, wow. Yeah, there there there's there's more room, you know, in cars, you know, in the in the future, I guess. So who knows? Maybe uh, John McClane will find himself crammed into a you know, police cruiser with a couple sweaty cops again in the future. Yeah, seriously. I mean, also, you know, both both Vito and Carmine are are pretty big. You know. Yeah. So <laughs> they they really had to squeeze the three of them in there. 
mm -hmm. you know, regardless, which I, I guess is why Carmine yells at Vito to get out of the car because it's probably not easy for Vito to get out from the middle. <laughs> you know, and I, I can understand that. Yeah, that makes sense. So, thank you for that uh, that deep dive. I didn't even yeah. think to look for that. You know, I look, I, I usually I look was... for things. I usually look for things that 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 are visible, and I it never even mm -hmm. dawned on me to think about that, which is great. So thank you very much for yeah for for giving us that. Yeah. It was just that image of the three of them crammed in there next to each other, like right after they they hit the cab. Uh, there's a nice couple seconds with them. Yeah. You know, the, it just looked funny. Yeah. yeah. No, no, it's great, great, great. And then so John, you know, while while Vito and and Lorenzo are are uh, or Vito and Carmine, because I guess Vito is is a Lorenzo also. So the two of them mm -hmm. are both screaming and yelling at the. At, at the cab driver. Actually, when Vito gets out, he looks like one of the three stooges the way he's moving around. You know, maybe maybe curly. <laughs> I don't know. Looks looks a little yeah. strange. I think he like, kicks kicks the the back of the cab and kind of bangs yeah. the window a little bit. That's right. <laughs> back in the era where you could just hit someone and then his car. And then his know. hat like flies off as he's doing that also. And and oh, does it? Yeah. And John is just he's had enough. He's he's needs to get out of there. Yeah. And he just looks around to try to find uh, some sort of savior. A solution. Yeah. Some something yeah. to help him. And and he just happens to see uh, you know, Sam Coleman and he right. hears her. And I'm really surprised that he's able to hear her over all this commotion. You know, where we hear her yeah. say, Right here, right here, get that. You know, like she's pointing to her to her cameraman telling him what, what he should be filming and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, then he starts screaming over to her. He goes, hey, Coleman, Sam, Sam Coleman. Hey, Coleman. And then she looks around. And again, they're really far apart. And she can hear mm -hmm. him perfectly. And he can hear her perfectly. And then she goes, oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the hi is really uh, yeah. misplaced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, uh, but I like that that few seconds before that with uh, with John getting out of the car and just standing there and like everything around him is panic. But he is, you know, he's not freaking out. But you can tell like he's looking for that. Like you said, he's looking for that that way out. What what can he do next? Mm -hmm. You know, he needs to figure something out. But yeah, I really like that that couple seconds of of him just not dealing with the the cab driver and everything that Vito and and uh Carmine are getting into but just like he's going to keep moving and he's going to figure out what to do next. That's so right. I really like the and, the spots and they, Sam. And they give us a great shot while they're in the middle of this this conversation between the two of them, you know, where we see where the police car is and we see mm -hmm. tons of people that are crossing that are walking, yeah. you know, on the road. And so we can see the, the really far distance between John and and Sam, but they can still both hear each other perfectly. They got they got their mics on properly, yeah. I guess, or whatever. And and if you notice, you see that there's a guy walking, uh, carrying a set a pair of skis. Okay, yeah, that that stood out to me. And then and then a few seconds later, we'll see another person carrying skis. So it made me start wondering. Okay. Hmm. So this is obviously a guy who probably was planning on going somewhere to go skiing or because he the odds are he's not on a plane that landed at this point. OK, but right. But he's he's carrying his skis in a way that, you know, when when you travel, you wouldn't be carrying the skis this way. You know, so I, I actually looked up how how you <laughs> yeah. can travel with skis, you know, 
what you're supposed to do. And and you're supposed to have like a bag to to that okay. that you can put your your ski equipment in because you know it'd be really strange to just you know everyone putting their skis there and then afterwards having to try and find out you know whose skis they are and stuff like that. So it's just very it was very yeah. strange to me to to watch you know these these uh, commuters, passengers, whatever you want to call them, just yeah. walking around holding their skis over their shoulder, you know, and not hitting anybody at the same time. It, yeah, it was the 90s. It was a different time. Yes, that's very true. That's true. I just spotted a, a there's a lady carrying skis mm-hmm. in a, uh, as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's this, it's during their conversation. You see a, a, a girl yeah. in a purple in a purple yeah. jacket. Yeah. That she's also holding them, but again, yeah. it just doesn't look like that's the way that they would be, yeah. you know, putting them. And then you also see that there's a guy right in front of her that has a ripped red bag, and you see this like ripped mm-hmm. open. <laughs> so I guess it shows that that you know he really was running uh, for for his life at that point, and then it uh, yeah. ended up getting ripped along the way. Oh yeah, okay, I saw the ripped bag. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> And then John runs. Yeah, through, I mean, I was crowd. watching the the movie, and when people, when the panic starts to hit the airport, and people start to run out of the airport in the previous couple minutes, mm-hmm. um, I, I, you know, paid attention to the crowd and noticed like people getting knocked down and and not trampled, but definitely like full on panic mode as they were running through the airport. So yeah, no no surprise that this guy's shopping bag with uh, looks like stuff full of presents got uh got damaged yeah seriously you know and then john like wades his way through the this crowd passing the mm-hmm. the, the girl in the lavender uh uh coat and and then the the, the scene cuts and we're we we get to see uh thornburg you know once again back in the bathroom yeah. talking talking on the phone <laughs> and i uh right before that uh that cut mm-hmm. um i noticed the music i noticed the the score here and it, you know, I can tell without having to look it up that this was definitely another Michael Kamen, you know, score oh, for, for this sure. movie. I know he did the, no, he did the first one, and and but the actual horns that are being played here, right as it cuts, it's like it's building tension, um, right as it cuts on on John running towards uh, Sam. Uh, those particular horns. And the way they're played sound very much like a scene in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, uh, during the uh, kind of the final action set piece when he's trying to rescue all of his his men from the gallows and, you know, stuff's getting blown up around him. And he's like Robin's about to fire an arrow, one of one of the hero shots like mm-hmm. in that build up, those same horns are are being used so it's uh like they just stood out to me as very recognizable obviously michael kamen so yeah okay it's kind of a nice little treat yeah i i I love michael kamen i think he he did he he did some amazing music i mean my one of one of my favorite is uh from the earth to the moon i don't know if you've ever heard that the 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 score from from the earth to the moon always gets me it's just amazing and obviously i loved what he did here in die hard also and uh yeah, the the list is really long yeah. of Michael Caine and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I got one more thing sure. on this uh, airport location. Mm-hmm. If before we cut over yeah, to, sure. uh, um, you get that wide shot with uh, everyone kind of running around, and 
I got to wondering like, you know, where this location was. Cause obviously it's being shot at night. I figured it was being shot outside. I didn't think they were going to build like an airport, you know, location like this for a couple shots. Um, and I looked up an IMDB and noticed that they'd used uh, Stapleton International Airport in Denver and Los Angeles International. Uh, those were both uh, stand-ins for Dulles. And so I looked up Stapleton International Airport diehard, and I found like someone took on-set photos like as an amateur, you know, oh, wow. like just happened to be there while they were filming back in uh, nineteen ninety nine ninety nine oh, and eighty nine ninety right and uh, he posted them to some web, a very amateur like website that he he maintained. Um, the, but yeah, you can see like they were setting up for probably for the shot when they're dealing with the uh, the car being towed, mm-hmm. but it's very obviously this same location. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. I can share that website with you later if you want the, oh that would be really cool some of those on set photos yeah that would be very um, cool i mean on the on the commentary randy harlan talks about the fact how some of these shots were really really difficult to do and he said that that all this the stuff they did here in the airport they did at like four o'clock in the morning and they still were told that they had to be quiet and be nice to the people yeah. without screaming at them uh, at that oh, hour yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah you know, it, it sort of makes sense yeah so and again fake snow none of it's real even in denver yeah yeah Yeah, so what what can you do with that (laughs) yeah and then so now now the the shot changes and we're 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 back on the plane with thornburg and thankfully i mean uh i I don't know if you noticed this but last week we talked about the fact that that in all the scenes last week when he was talking on the phone the phone was actually upside down he was talking into the headpiece instead of the receiver (laughs) and now they've switched it back I, I, I remember noticing wow. this when I first saw the movie, that it was really <laughs> weird. I mean, this this was when this movie, or not long after this movie came out, was when IMDb started. I, I can't remember what year IMDb started, but I remember looking up all the different, uh, you know, goofs on IMDb at the time, stuff like that. And, there's, and yeah. I remember also a, a news article at the time that was talking about the goofs. You know, like at the beginning of the movie, you see that it says Pacific Bell hmm. when he's on the phone because it was filmed in in, in okay. LAX. You know, and and uh, Rennie Harland even oh, okay. acknowledges it on the commentary that he just never paid attention to the fact that, you know, that that there would be a sure. different name of the phone company, you know, in different areas of the country and stuff like that. And so yeah. this was another thing that I always noticed, the fact that he was holding the phone upside down. So but here he's got it right right back up. <laughs> and he continues with with uh, his his uh, diatribe. And he goes, but at least mm-hmm. the truth is not among the hostages because I, Richard Thornburg, just happened to be here. And he stands up as he's talking and you see him like looking at, yeah. in the mirror. The stand up is nice. Yeah, and he's looking in the mirror at himself and he goes to put his life and talent on the line for humanity and country. <laughs> and I mean, it, it's just great the way that he says it, to put his life and talent on the line, you know, for, for humanity yeah. and country. That that. You know, it made me think that he's just being very uh, narcissistic uh, with with that, the way that he's looking at himself. He's so proud of himself. He really thinks that he's doing something right here. And, you know, we we know that he isn't, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. and I don't know how he's actually helping the country or forget about humanity, but even let's just go on the smaller scale. How is he helping the country by by telling everybody that there are terrorists that have taken over the airport? 
I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm a little confused about right. that. You know, and and they give us a great shot because. <laughs> We, we see his face as he's talking and we see behind him the door to the bathroom open up and then we, we see uh, Holly yeah. standing there and the, the stewardess that, that he had a lot of problems with at the time, obviously. You know, the two of them are just standing there mm -hmm. and, you know, we're, we're, we're not sure what's going to happen. We saw, we saw Holly last week, you know, take, take the taser, but, you know, we don't really... Uh, yeah see what's going to happen we don't we don't we, i think it's done in a way that you're not supposed to notice that that's what she's really doing at the time until you you get the 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 shock okay. when she's opening the door you know and like okay how is she there you know that the, yeah you know and the first thing that went through my mind is is this legal for them to open up the bathroom door you know like is it <laughs> is it something that you're allowed right. to do i mean i i know that i'm guessing that guessing that uh richard will have a uh uh a pretty decent case here for a lawsuit Another against lawsuit. the airport, you know, when it's all said and done. Um, Probably. But I guess it makes sense. If he remembers. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess the the <laughs> airplane staff would have to have a way to open the door. Um, I guess I can go with that. Like in a medical emergency, they would have to be able to get that door open. Um, but yeah, initially I was I was a little surprised that this I I looked up online to see uh, if I didn't look about the legality of whether you're allowed to open it up or not, but that apparently, you know, they have like a yeah. no smoking sign that's on the bathroom door and that if you can like move that away uh -huh. and then there, there's a latch that they can okay. use to unlock or lock the door from the outside huh. if needed. Apparently in, in different, in, in different air, airplanes, it's a, you know, it's, it's located in different places. Some places there's like a silver, laboratory sign that's there and it's behind it and the you know the the flight attendants are able to to either get in or get out yeah or open up if they need to or get in or or lock it you know if they really need to with with that type of thing yeah. so you know i i always knew that there was a way to do it because it would be really stupid it's not like it's not like you know the 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 you know the, the school bathrooms where where if you needed you know where kids would lock it and then like you know, uh, oh, yeah. crawl underneath in order to get out. So, and then in order to open it, you had to crawl back under and that type of thing. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, yeah, it it makes sense, but I I don't know the legality of it. <laughs> it's also a little strange that that Holly takes matters into her hands here. You know, um, well, they need to give her something to do here. <laughs> yeah, I th I feel like it's <laughs> it's kind of just a the going for the uh, the reoccurring bit of her being the one to knock out uh dick but thornburg yeah yeah well apparently it, it, you know he's her foil she's he's more right. her foil than than john's foil sure you know john deals with the terrorists and she deals with the journalist yeah you know <laughs> so it sort of makes sense and then she just yeah. like taps him and just zaps him <laughs> and you know they they give us a great shot of her zapping him in the way that he like flails backwards, yeah. And then he falls back and just lands sitting on the toilet, you know. And as he was as she's being zapped, he has his final line of the the minute, and he goes, "And if this should be my final broadcast, <laughs> what do you think was what, what do you think he would have followed that up with? Um, probably saying, and if this should be my final broadcast, uh." You know, know that I'm here for everyone else or something to that okay. effect. You know, they he would he would try to be saying he would be saying something that he's not yeah. doing this for himself. Right. That's that's pretty you close. Know, continuing to... with what he said about, you know, 
pretty close to what I had. Putting his life and talent. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think he was going to say, know that I'm happy knowing it was it was to fight terrorism and save lives. Something to that effect. Some, I mean, pretty close to what okay. you were saying. Yeah, something to that effect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it, I mean, it's a great a great point for her to zap him. And then, you know, she then Holly just looks over and goes, amen to that. Yeah. <laughs> did you guys, which did is, you? Which is a great way. It also ends yeah. the minute. No, it's a perfect ending for a minute. Um, did you talk about the stun gun yeah. when it was first in- introduced? Um, we talked a little bit about it, yes. But if there's something you want to say about it, okay. uh, I'm sure people have forgotten it. It's been, it's been, you know, months since we talked about it. So only the, it's, it's very much the, it feels it's like it's from that era. It's the same stun gun that appears in Batman Returns, mm-hmm. um, or at least same shape. It looks identical to it, anyways. Well, I think it was also 1990. Come on. Oh, that was right. That was 92. Yeah. Batman Returns was 92. 92, so. but yeah, same. It looks to be the Omega stun gun. Um, so I didn't like, I don't have details about the gun itself. Yeah, no, I, didn't, I didn't look up specifically which, which one it was. Okay. So. Yeah, I think that's the one it is, but uh, mm-hmm. okay, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, just it it stood out to me as being a very '90s stun gun. If you were going to see a stun gun in, in a movie or TV show, it was going to be this one. Right. So I guess it was easy to animate the uh, the electricity, you know the mm. you know showing in between the the two points on it, you know when you would zap someone, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. All right, you have anything else for this minute before we get into the script? Um, only that movies like this, and I mean almost any movie with a an airplane, uh, uh, set, I buy as an air as I never feel in this movie that I'm not on an airplane when I'm seeing these people. And I feel like it has a lot to do that they're in these scenes in on the airplane. It feels like there's always like a white noise kind of engine hum in the background. Oh, wow. And it's very like yeah. anytime I'm ever on a plane, I notice, you know, that, that hum that's on a plane. Um, and it's, they, they do it here in the movie too. Anytime you're on the plane, you got that, that white noise and it never feels like I'm on a set in this, uh, this movie. And I don't know, obviously they are because of the way they have to get in to film in that bathroom little, section and everything but right on the uh, on the commentary um so randy harlan mentions that that all this the the internal scenes of the planes were done on a set and the 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 external scenes of the planes were all models except for we'll get to it later this week there's one that's not a model sure but i mean it makes sense to do it that way but you're right it definitely makes you feel as if you're on the plane you do hear the humming i've noticed that I've never pointed it out because it, to me it was just like okay they're on a plane that's it's the way it should there. be that's yeah. you know yeah so that, yeah they did that yeah. they did that well all right so the the script um, yeah that's all I've got okay so the the script starts off with uh, it says new angle Lorenzo's car smashes into a taxi camera cranes up and we see that the police cars have run amok have run smack into the panic in front of the airport Lorenzo shouts sparking orders move that piece of shit Henderson get some crowd control god damn it clear the area. McLean jumps out of the car, looks around, and sees Sam in the terminal, watching the scene, trying to get it on video. And then it goes, The we talked about this last week, it, it intercuts back to when 
Holly was is going and taking the you know the the taser from from the bag. So that that's part of of what it talks about there. And, and then it continues with Thorn, Thornburg in the laboratory, and then he pretty much says the exact same thing. He goes, and so it continues. A standoff between terrorists and authorities with the lives of thousands at stake. But at least this time in this place, the truth at least is not among the hostages because Richard Thornburg put his life and his talent on the line for humanity and country. Behind him, Holly silently opens the laboratory door. And if this should be my final broadcast, wham, she zaps him with the old lady's taser. He twitches, drops. She picks up the phone. Amen to that, Adam. Into the phone, sweetly. Sweetly, We're sorry, but Mr. Thornburg is experiencing electrical problems. We now resume our regular programming. So, I mean, it's funny, but I don't think it's yeah. needed. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. glad they, they cut that out. It, uh, it it works well the way that they, they did it here. Sure. That's for sure. All right, so every Monday we have a segment called McLean Monday where my guests will give their top five Bruce Willis performances. So... Uh, Travis, why don't you start off with number five and work your way up? Okay. Um, number five, I will say, is a movie I think is I never hear anybody ever talk about. Um, it's uh, Mercury Rising. I think it's probably from 1998, maybe. Um, Some around there. there. I think it was 98. Yes. Uh, you, yeah. you were actually not the first person to mention it. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah, the, it's it's just a good like. He's got to protect a little kid from, you know, the and kid I'll, ends I'll, up that's right. a little autistic kid who figures out a, a, you know, NSA level code. And yeah, he just has to protect this kid. Um, it's a solid movie. Yeah. So, yeah, if you don't if you haven't seen it, uh, I really recommend it. Um, my next one would be. Um, I think I got to go with Unbreakable. I know the. I would think that you would have that higher. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's a movie I love. It's not one I revisit that often. Um, but, yeah, really, it's just a solid movie that I love. And uh, I picked it over, like, a sixth sense. Not not that I couldn't have both of them here, but I chose to to spread out my, my list a little bit and only go with one of the uh, Bruce Willis M. Night kind mm-hmm. of movies. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I went with Unbreakable for just because of the – I just I, I went into that movie. I saw that one in a theater, had no expectations other than now knowing like, OK, it's a M. Night Shyamalan movie with Bruce Willis. There's going to be something, you know, twist or, or something and really knew nothing about that one going into it. And, yeah, I just loved it. Um, next, I would put um, I think one of the funniest movies, especially funniest uh, Bruce Willis movies is The Whole Nine Yards. I think that movie just has some of the funniest moments in it, especially the way that uh, Bruce Willis is played off of uh, Matthew Perry. Mm-hmm. I think those two work so well in that movie together. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan yeah, of this. It, it just feels I'm not either. Um, but yeah, whole nine yards, I think is just it's a comedy that it feels like it, it did some different things that haven't hadn't been done you know, for many years in the comedy genre, you know, in that, in the time that it came out. Mm-hmm. So, okay. um, yeah, solid, solid movie. Um, I think, man, now it's a toss up between one and two. I got to put, uh, I'll go with fifth element for number two, just cause that, that's a perfect movie and he's amazing in it. Um, 
yeah, I can't say anything bad about that movie. I love Fifth Element. And then number one would be Die Hard with a Vengeance. So. Yeah, well, I I figured that you'd say that after 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 you know prefacing yeah. it earlier this uh, you know yeah. earlier in today's episode. So I I knew that mm-hmm. that's where you were going with that one. Great. Yeah. All right. Excellent. So Travis, you want to tell people uh, where they can find you? Sure. Um, yeah, as Rob said up at the top, I'm working on Minute of Thieves. That is the movie by minutes breakdown of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and when I say I'm working on it, I, I, I literally mean I'm working on that. Um, <laughs> there's no release date as of this moment. There's no release date set. I'm just trying to bank up as, as many episodes as I can, get as much of the movie recorded as possible before I, I start to release. But it's coming soon. I will say that, you know, um, look forward to it and uh, should be fun. And look uh, around Rob's for it because maybe the, you've already seen it. Maybe it's already out yeah. in October. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Um, <laughs> Rob's been a guest already, so you'll have uh, his minutes to look forward to. And, um, yeah, I'm working on that. Uh, Minute of Thieves is pretty much the, you know, you search that. I think you'll you'll find us, find me on there pretty easily. And, uh, yeah, that's that's what I'll plug for now. All right. Excellent. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Around Minute. You can find me on Facebook, find me on Twitter, or you can find me on my website, moviearoundminute.com. So until tomorrow, yippee-ki-yay. Yippee-ki-yay. If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, quaint little villages here and